Welcome to the Pearls of Wisdom podcast, where we mix business, law of attraction, spirituality, and well-being with great guests and phenomenal stories. You'll hear hints, tips, and up-to-the-minute information on digital communication from an expert in her field. Pearl has some wonderful individuals in her networks, and she will be interviewing them all at some point in the future. Enjoy your listening. Well, welcome to the Pearls of Wisdom podcast. And today I'm doing another in the series of the International Women's Day um, interviews. And this morning I'm speaking to a wonderful lady. She's one of my closest friends. We talk almost every day, most days, almost every day. Today (laughs) I'm speaking to Amanda Joy Harrison. Welcome, Amanda. Hello. I should have a hand up in the... uh... Women's Day kind of pose, yeah. Thank you for asking me to come on. It's a great, uh, it's a great event, isn't it? A great time to celebrate our achievements. And uh, Pearl, you are amazing, and I am always inspired by you and how much you achieve. So, thank you for inviting me on. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. You make you say the loveliest things, and you you always boost me up, Amanda. You you do. You're so positive all the time and bubbly and I just couldn't wait to get you on to the Pearls of Wisdom podcast especially for International Women's Day. Now what I'm going to do is I'm going to start by reading from your Facebook profile. This whole series, this whole collaboration Mm. for International Women's Day started with a little post from me on Facebook. So I'm going back to where it started. (laughs) Everyone I'm interviewing. To every listener, this is from Amanda Joy Harrison's profile. And it says, I'm the director of the Northern College of Clinical Hypnotherapy. I have a private practice too. Now, that's a very short intro to an absolutely fantastic, (laughs) phenomenal lady. So I will say to you now, Amanda, can you detail as much as possible because I know you've done so much could you give an idea of your career path to date so we've got any any young women any young girls that are just starting on that track that they can look to you to as an empowering woman and see that you could be a great role model and following your path so would you share your story with us please gosh do I want to be a role model for other women blooming heck that's a challenge (laughs) Um, I might start with saying, don't make all the mistakes that I made. <laughs> Do you know, I, I hated school. Um, I had a really tough time at school. I was quite badly bullied. Um, I didn't really like myself. I didn't, I didn't know how to love myself. And I, I, had, uh, I struggled with dyslexia. And it hadn't, dyslexia hadn't, had been recognised, but people didn't really know what to do with it when I was at school. So I went all the way through school without it being sort of recognised. And then I was, it was kind of, I was, it was discovered whilst I was at college. And um, my sort of ability to write and read was questioned. And uh, I was uh, given an assessment, a test, I hate tests, I was given a test and they said, um, you've got dyslexia. And I was like, well, what does even, what does that mean? What does it mean? And um, I was actually 
um, put in a special needs class. And I remember turning up at my at the special needs class. And, uh, and I don't mean to be derogatory in any way, shape or form by what I'm about to say next. But I was in a class and two of the people in there had quite severe uh, learning difficulties and they were not able to communicate verbally. Um, there were people in that group who had a se- severe visual impairment to the point where they had no sight at all. There were people in that group who had quite challenging behaviours. And I thought, what am I doing in here? <laughs> Is it really that bad? Um, and to be put in that category of special needs really hugely knocked my confidence and I just I lost all my belief in myself um at the same time I discovered boys and I discovered rock music and partying and um started hanging out with musicians and poets (laughs) interesting people who didn't want to put me in a special needs class (laughs) but possibly led me on a on a on a uh, took me on a path that was actually quite destructive and it took me a little while to get back to where I wanted to be but when I but all the way through my life I've always wanted to serve and to help other people it was I was a natural carer as a child I was mum used to call me her little peacemaker so I think I've kind of like and I've my both my parents are both very caring people as well so I kind of, yeah, I always wanted to look after people and care for people. So um, I did health and social care and then went into nursing and I worked within the NHS for a little while. And whilst I was working it within the NHS, um, I trained um, and qualified to look after people who were quadriplegic and ventilated. So that means they were paralysed from the neck down. And on and and that you you know had equipment to help them to breathe, um, because the signals going from the brain to the body were not working to even regulate breathing. Um, so that was quite in depth and extensive training that I did there within the NHS and 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 as a part of my nursing career. Um, but what I noticed was that many of my uh, patients um, had what we call neurological pain or had phantom limb, you know, syndromes. Um, so one of my um, patients reported that they were experiencing pain um, and that the pain felt like somebody was stabbing them in the chest with red hot pokers. One of my clients was patients. I get confused with patients and clients. One of my patients was absolutely convinced that he had a 10 pound note in his top pocket. Uh, Even if he didn't have a shirt with a top pocket, (laughs) he was absolutely convinced he could feel it there. It was really, really strange. And um, I had, and one of our, one of my patients had been involved in quite a horrific accident and had had to have one of his um, arms um, amputated um, from sort of the elbow down. Um, and he he felt pain in the arm that wasn't there. And I was fascinated by this. I mean, as a nurse and as, as a caring person, I wanted to help them to not have pain and discomfort. So, you know, mostly we were prescribing um, opio, opioid opiate-based medications that would would help and assist with pain management and pain reduction. 
um the pain would never be gone and and it did the medications didn't seem to really do a lot for everybody in fact one one of my wow moments was when um, a patient said to me you know Amanda when you give me that pain medication it doesn't stop me from feeling pain it stops me from being able to tell you I'm in pain and I just thought oh my goodness me do you know what I mean you can't move you're paralyzed you've got a machine breathing for you you're in absolute agony real agony and you can't even tell me about it I, I just it was like I've never I could I've, I couldn't I I did my best to imagine what that must be like but that whole that just was just horrific to me yeah. so we started looking into what was known as alternative medicine then we didn't really understand it and you know my background was very very western um you know I've saw hand and joints and limbs and vessels and muscles and and understood the the anatomy of the body but had no idea about looking at things holistically or from a different perspective and we invited lots of real experts in um in their field reflexologies aromatherapists um acupuncture but the cup the two things that i saw that really worked well were um nlp hypnotherapy and um and reiki um and there were it was a, a lady she worked at the in barclays bank um in the town and she was known as a healer and i just thought she was some kind of weird witchy person and uh, we, we invited her to come to to see this client because we'd heard that she was a healer and we thought well we've had everybody else let's get her in and see what <laughs> happens and she was she was so lovely and she came to the house of, of this particular patient because I was part of a team of nurses that took uh, patients home um, because we you know we really want people who are quadriplegic and ventilated to live at home um, and you know establish um, the, a life for themselves again um, which is you know these people have been through a huge amount of loss if we can get people home and start having a life again it's it's great so the the, the healer came to the home of the of the patient and uh, this is the patient who was having the stabbing being stabbed in the chest with burning hot pokers pain and um, are we done every kind of medication possible we'd we'd literally tried and I say try because we'd not achieved anything we'd not succeeded anything we'd we'd tried every kind of medication and nothing just nothing would 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 take the edge off we, we might sort of help him to go unconscious and sleep but that we weren't really reducing his pain or discomfort in any way and she put her hands on his head and um closed her eyes and I was like oh here we go so they start chanting somewhat weird I was very narrow-minded in them days <laughs> and she I, I, when people are in pain you can see it in their facial expressions they look a bit pale that you can see the tightness and the tension in their facial expressions and when she put her hands on on this patient's head I saw the pain drain out of his face, his muscles relaxed, and I saw him go a bit pinker, which was wonderful to see. And then he fell into a 
blissful sleep. He slept all afternoon and all evening and all night. And the next morning he woke up completely pain-free and he was pain-free for about three full days afterwards. Now, three full days might not seem like a great deal to us, but that was like a minor miracle for for for, for him and for, for the carers and for the nurses that were supporting him as well. And I was like, I was just like, what is this? I have to find out more. And that's where it all began. So I invited her again and I said, what is it? What is it you do? Tell me about it. Do it on me. And she encouraged me uh, to go and, and, and look more into what it was. And it was Reiki. I trained in Reiki um, and uh, with, a, with a lovely guy called Barry Mapp. And I deliberately picked him because he was a, a scientist as well as a Reiki master. And, and he, he teaches an amazing course actually called The Science of Healing, if you're interested in looking at the science behind um, energy healing and, and laying on of hands healing. Very, very interesting man. And because he could explain it in a way that made sense to me, that's why I chose him as my, my Reiki master. Yeah. And I trained with him uh, in Reiki and then just got absolutely fascinated by the idea of energy medicine. That led me to training in traditional Chinese medicine. I then trained in lots of different body work, energy work, um, massage, different body work modalities and uh, worked as a sort of body work, energy work therapist uh, for many years. But I really, really felt there was a huge, hugely, a hugely psychological element to our well-being as well. I'd seen that in in sort of phantom limb syndrome. The guy who had the hand, it, it, when he'd lost his, when he damaged his hand, he'd had his hand held in a fist position. And he felt like he'd just kept his hand in this fist position. And what he really wanted to do was relax his hand and kind of open his fingers and give them a wiggle. I don't know if you could imagine that you'd been, if you've held your hand in a fist position for five years, would get pretty sore. Um, And that's what was going on for him, obviously, on a psychological level. So we actually used used a, a mirror bot. Um, and made it look like he still had two hands with a mirror box, allowed um, him to open the hand and we massaged the the hand that was still there and he said he could actually feel it in the hand that wasn't there and um, I I was like, it's because all the energy channels are still there, the energy channels are still there Um, and I could really see this sort of energy work in action um, and and, and it was wonderful to see him have reduced discomfort Um, and I, I I don't think he had pain at all after that session which was really, really interesting so the energy side of it fascinated but the, me, but the psychology side of things fascinated me. So I went back to uni because I'm a never-ending <laughs> student. Went back to university uh, and I studied um, counselling, uh, counselling psychology, um, psychology, um, and I worked um, it, in sort of dementia units, um, worked with um, adults with learning difficulties, I worked in mental wealth and he- mental health and, and, and well-being. Um, and um, I quite fancied myself as an educational psychologist at that point, um, but decided I needed to get some teaching experience. So I decided to, to, to travel and teach. 
um, because I'd lived in Scotland for quite a few years by this point and I wanted some sunshine, Pearl. I was needing the sunshine. So I I, uh, I didn't know where to go. So uh, I got a map out of the world and I think this is mad this bit, but I closed my eyes and kind of swirled my finger around and, and allowed my finger to hit the map and decided that was where I was going to go. And it actually landed on North Spain, but I ended up going to the South of Spain. And um, so the South of Spain became my home for, for quite some years. And I traveled from there to different parts of the world um, and traveled throughout Asia and throughout the Middle East. And as I traveled, I met some amazing people and learned more about traditional ways of doing things. Um, so studied, taught, traveled, had an amazing time, actually, you know, really seeing some of the the beauty in the world and and you know people are beautiful and people are lovely and warm everywhere you go wherever I went even when I was in kind of war-torn countries even when I was in places where as women it was difficult to 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 have freedoms um yeah it was it was you know it was it was just a wonderful experience and I learned a lot well, most recently, I did spend some time out in the Middle East. I was in Saudi Arabia. Now, things in Saudi have hugely moved forward since I was there. But it was I went to Saudi Arabia to liberate my sisterhood, to liberate women, to educate women. I've always been really passionate about supporting women um, and, and raising them, them up. And um, I was given a job. Um, working with colleges of excellence to go out and help set up colleges in Saudi Arabia, further education colleges for women who perhaps hadn't had the opportunity to even go to school. Actually, some of our girls had never even been in school. And where where I started off was in the north, and and some of the girls there had never even been inside a building because they were Bedouin. Um, a lot of them were married when they were very, very young and already had children. And I sort of worked with and educated women who were between the ages of 18 and 25. <clears throat> and we, you know, part of the... Um, the rules, if you like, of them coming to the college was that they would have their own bank accounts, um, which was huge because women didn't really have their own bank accounts or their own money up until that point. Um, so they had to have their own bank accounts. I remember the day the bank cards arrived. Oh, there was much whooping and joy at the fact that they could go shopping with their own money now. Oh, my goodness. Things that we as women in this in this part of the world just completely take for granted. Yeah. It was really eye-opening to see the, the elation, the absolute elation um, of a bank card <laughs> and the freedom and uh, and the choice that that, you know, the ability to choose that that brings into your life. So all of our students were given their own bank accounts and their own bank cards. Um, we, they were learning in Arabic as well as they were learning English and I taught English. And I taught things like the English calendar and things like the British calendar, like the Gregorian calendar and things like, you know, I'd say to them, where do you live? And they'd say, in a house on a street. And I'd say, but where? What's your address? And some of these ladies didn't even know their addresses because why would you need to know where you live if you've got somebody who drives you everywhere? If you just say, I want to go to the shop 
and somebody takes you or if I want to go to college and somebody drives you there, why would you need to know where you live? So a lot of these girls didn't know their addresses. A lot of these girls didn't know how old they were in, in, in you know, in British English description. Um, a lot of them didn't really know their birthdays. Um, those things were just kind of not really important. Um, so I felt that I was there to sort of educate them and liberate them, but really they educated and liberated me. What I learned when I was there was that about sisterhood. What I saw was women caring and, and, and supporting and nurturing each other. Some of the traditions around pregnancy and birth and um, the, the ceremonies and the, the traditions and the the, the, just the ways that they support each other and nurture each other as women was so amazing. I had this one, I had this one gorgeous student. She was, um, she, she, I would say, I'd like to say she was my favorite student, but I, I shouldn't really have favorites, but she did bring me cake every Thursday to school. We had Fridays off um, and she brought me cake honestly pearl the most amazing cakes i've never had cake like it before or since she used to make this um like a passion flower cheesecake honestly it was light and fluffy and creamy and sweet and oh my goodness i i then she used to put nice messages on it for me like we love you teacher amanda and i'd be like and i love you too when you bring me cake <laughs> So that she used to bring me cake on a Thursday and I said to her, do you know what? These cakes are amazing. Now you, you've got a real talent here. Why don't you put together like a list of all the cakes that you can make? Um, and then I'll circulate it around the other teachers and we'll buy them off you because they're, you know, they're really good. So um, she, so she did. And, and then when she brought this list to me, I couldn't believe the amount of cakes that she knew how to make. Really unusual um, cakes that sounded utterly delicious. Um, and the way that she was able to decorate these cakes was wonderful. So she started making cakes for, for the teachers. Um, and I always wanted to give my students a bit of sort of one-to-one -one support. So um, at least once a week, I'd have a one-to-one -one meeting with them all. How are you doing? A lot of them had real challenges at home, um, usually with their husbands. <laughs> but a lot of them had difficulties at home. And, you know, they had all the difficulties that women in this country have. Child care, um, children not sleeping well, uh, children, you know, with anxiety, just all the same stuff we all have to deal with as parents here educating their own children at home as well you know what they were learning in the college they were taking home and sharing with their children mm. so I wanted to do like weekly check-ins with them to make sure they were okay and and at the weekly check-in with this girl we decided that we would start putting a business plan together for her to to create a cake business mm. um now she was just on her own um, she was married. Her husband was quite modern thinking and was really up for supporting her, which was wonderful. Um, and um, But this is where the sisterhood bit came in. So her mum came to see me and said, you know, you've been encouraging my daughter. <laughs> I thought 
I was going to get into trouble, but she said, it's wonderful. No one's ever really, you know, outside of our circle, outside of our tribe, outside of our family group. No one's ever really encouraged her before. And um, I want to help her to get her business going. So I sat down and went through the business plan with her mum and said, you know, it's just a basic idea, you know, things that you'll need to change as you go forward. Um, It's probably going to be quite an investment if she's going to do it sort of on a bigger scale or on a smaller scale. Um, And she took that business plan back to her tribe of sisters, back to her sisterhood and shared it with them. I'm not kidding. Within a month, Pearl, the women around her had had contributed their time. They'd contributed their energy. They'd contributed their skills. They'd contributed financially as well. And by the time I, I, you know, left that college, which was, was only a few months after that, she'd opened a shop. <laughs> um, it was being run by women. Can you imagine a fully, a fully, you know, employed staff of women running a shop in a very traditional part of Saudi Arabia? And she, she just, and I just thought, you know what? When women come together and support each other, wow, they hugely raise each other up. I'm still in contact with her. I occasionally drool over photographs of her cakes on Instagram hugely talented lady just needed somebody to go you can do this um and you know other women stepped in and supported her so you know if you are struggling if you're not good at school don't worry about it I was rubbish at school too you know if you uh, some of the women I worked with had never even held a pen or a pencil in their hand before um if there's something that you love doing Speak to another woman about it. Get your sisterhood, get your tribe set up, get someone who can support you to create a business plan. Go to college, get educated, do the things that you want to do to make your dreams come true because they really can uh, come true. After I left Saudi Arabia, I came back to the UK and sort of really reflected on my time there and and really did not want to work for anyone ever again. I really just wanted to work for myself now. And I think because I had seen the reality of restrictions um, in terms of movement. I mean, I wasn't allowed to drive when I was out there. You can drive in Saudi Arabia now, but I wasn't allowed to drive. I had to always be covered, um, which bizarrely, I really liked that. I actually felt quite liberated because I do think that sometimes in this country, when I've gone for a job interview or when I've introduced myself to people, people have been quite conscious of what does your hair look like and how does your bum look in your outfit and do I, am I wearing a business suit or am I kind of wearing my floaty hippie outfits? People tend to really judge each other by how they look uh, and how beautiful they are. And, and a lot of the kind of strong imagery that we use when we're sharing about women does seem to be quite sexual as well. Yeah. And it's almost like, as a woman, if I want to be successful, I have to be showing my sexual power. Um, and, you know, I, I really quite like my own sexual power, but I'd really quite like to keep that something that's out of my business <laughs> and out of my the work that I do. So 
Um, I really noticed, I noticed the, the what the images were and what the message was for successful women here. Um, and it seemed to be like strong, uh, which is a good character, quite sexual, um, maybe even a bit cruel. And I, and I have experienced um, not just women, men and women, stepping on each other to get high in their industry (laughs) and I see it on advertisements on a daily basis work with me I'm amazing everybody else is rubbish and I just was like that didn't happen in in Saudi it was all about the coming together about raising each other up and about that sisterhood so when I thought about what do I want to do when I came back to England I thought well whatever it is that I do it has to be about collaboration it has to be about raising up of raising the vibration of uh, of of the nation but it has to be about helping people's mental well-being and health it needs to be caring (laughs) And, and and it and it needs to to kind of go promote the message of of working together, of a sisterhood, of a brotherhood, of a community-based businesses where we can learn from each other, where we can gain help and support from each other. We can use each other's skills and abilities and talents to help us move forward. And um, I, I upped my qualifications and went back into massage and clinical hypnotherapy and set up my uh, private practice um, to begin with, which I loved in Harrogate in North Yorkshire. And I uh, um, ha- had a, oh, just the most amazing people come to me. Love my work. Um, I mostly help people with things like uh, stopping smoking, Mm-hmm. Um, um, smoking cessation um, and um, I help people who are struggling with their relationship with food um, overeating or undereating, comfort eating boredom eating all those things that we probably all done during <laughs> lockdown I know that you and me have actually reduced our body shape and size during lockdown haven't we we've uh, we've actually really benefited from it but I know that that's not the case for a lot of people um, and I help people who struggle with addictions now I hate the word addictions because that can mean so many different things but behavior that is not good for you that when you repeat that behavior over and over again it damages you your body it damages your finances it damages your relationships if it's damaging to your health and if you can't stop yourself from repeating that behavior I would suggest that that is an addiction so help people who perhaps drink too much help people who maybe participate in recreational drugs um a little bit too much or at all and want to want to reduce or stop altogether because we sometimes get really trapped in these negative cycles of behavior so um addictions weight and I tend to see a lot of people who struggle with anxiety as well um I think people have, have have some people have really thrived over the last year um and have enjoyed lockdown and others have really struggled but I think whether you've thrived or you've struggled we all go through times of growth we all go through times of challenge and times of change and I just find that clinical hypnotherapy is absolutely transformational and really helps so 
I wanted to share that. I wanted to share that tool, those techniques that I've learned over the years of, of working in, in healthcare, in nursing, in counseling, um, over the years of kind of traveling and gaining lots of different knowledge from lots of different people across the world. I thought now is the time <laughs> to start sharing some of this knowledge with other people too. Um, and a year ago, on January last year, January 2020, I opened the Northern College of Clinical Hypnotherapy and it is just going from strength to strength Pearl we've we've got an amazing group of graduates now who are all working and it's oh they're thriving and it's so good to see my graduates thriving and you know working with people who've got mental health challenges or who are looking for support or help help in in their life in their well-being um and it's great to see I get I get such a great amount of joy from seeing people benefit from the support, the little intervention, the little support that I provide. Um, but I get a huge amount of joy and satisfaction from seeing my graduates um, out there in the world having a hugely positive impact as well. So, yeah, so the Northern College of Clinical Hypnotherapy was born in uh, 2020. We're a year old now and we're just going from strength to strength. So so I'm the director of studies, which means that I kind of make sure that we're, uh, we're providing the right amount of support and supervision. Um, and I make sure that our material is continuously being updated because hypnotherapy is such a hugely dynamic industry and we are learning about the brain and the mind more and more and more each day. And that, I think that's probably why I love it because it's an opportunity for me to always be learning and I love learning. Um, and it's my job as director to make sure that we are providing the latest information as well to our students. So I'm always writing and rewriting and tweaking. I'm, I, I joke that I'm a tweaker, not a twerker. <laughs> but it's uh, it's just it's just it's a beautiful work in progress, and it's a real pleasure to be able to empower people and support people and get them out there. Um, helping others. Um, the, the motto of the Northern College is be a bright light in your community. And I think as women, we need to raise each other up so we can be bright lights in our communities. Um, and hopefully the Northern College of Clinical Hypnotherapy will continue to provide and bring amazing, caring, wonderful people into this industry that is so transformational and, and really dramatically helps people. So, there you go. I don't know if I took a breath there, did I? <laughs> but this is what I say to all the listeners. This is why this lady is so inspirational. Everything you do turns to gold. It really does. You you can galvanise people together. You have so much love and care behind everything you do. And just your story, I think will empower anyone and I say to anyone listening to this if you've got a young girl in your family or close friends please share these podcasts with them because the empowering messages that each and every one of my guests are sharing mm. it, it's just wonderful but I mean I've, I say this every time we get together for an interview Amanda I've got to have you back because literally I could do a whole series just on Amanda Joy Harrison because you have so much 
to share. <laughs> oh, thank you've got you. so much knowledge in so many different areas that all come together, and they really they deserve a separate show and a separate interview on their own. So I'm going to ask you here live will you please come back and be a regular guest of course i'd be delighted to yes anytime any 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 excuse to get a good natter with you pearl absolutely (laughs) any excuse (laughs) that would be absolutely wonderful and you've heard me mention international women's day it's the title of all the um episodes now, every year, International Women's Day has a different theme and they will choose a set theme and they will work towards that and they want to shine a light in that area. Yeah. This year, they're using the hashtag choose to challenge. So the whole theme is all about different ways you can choose to challenge. So what does that mean to you, Amanda? Because I know we talked slightly about this earlier. There's lots of different ways, but what does choose to challenge? Do you know, it's we were saying, weren't we? It's yeah. such a huge thing. And it's. It, I think just reflecting on my own experience, I think I've chosen to challenge in lots of different ways in terms of bringing equality. But I think what choose to challenge really means for me is um, it's an opportunity for me to celebrate what I've achieved um, yeah. and acknowledge the hard work that, you know, and, and you know, the, the challenges that I've overcome. But it's an opportunity for me to, to celebrate the achievements of my colleagues, of the women, the other women that are in my life. I don't think we do celebrate each other very, very often. We certainly don't tell each other very often how proud we are of each other. And we don't often pat each other on the back and say, hey, sister, you know, that was amazing. And I think this is a day for me that just reminds me to to be grateful to the women who've raised me up and supported me, educated me, stood by me. Um, It gives me an opportunity to be grateful and, and show gratitude to them. It gives me an opportunity to reflect on my own challenges and things that I've overcome and, and, and move forward. And it gives me an opportunity to celebrate the amazing and win- wonderful women um, that we come across on a daily basis who have fought to be where they are, who have overcome huge challenges in their personal life, in their in their in their relationships, in their in their spirit on their spiritual journeys, however they've they've moved forward in their lives, however they've grown and developed. We've all had our own difficulties and we've all overcome so many things in so many different ways in a world where we still don't have equality. Let's be honest, we don't have equality. And I think it's a wonderful opportunity to just celebrate each other's achievements and remind each other it's important to stand together, be that sisterhood, raise each other up, because when women do come together, boy, we are a force of nature and we do things, you know. I always have a joke, if you want to get something done, ask a busy woman to do it, she'll make sure it happens. But it's true, isn't it? Women, when women come together and support each other and raise each other up, we are a force of nature and we get stuff done and we achieve things and we should celebrate that. We should celebrate our achievements. So... There you go. That's what choose to challenge means. Oh, most definitely, most <laughs> definitely. Everything you've said resonates, and just down to this this project that I set up 
to interview. I know. Look at it. Grand example. I mean, literally, I put I put a post out on Facebook and then I shared one on LinkedIn just saying, look, I'm going to do a podcast series. I'd like to interview strong women for International Women's Day. We are now on the 6th of March. I only started this probably a week before yeah before March started and it was we- last weekend yeah. or was it earlier earlier this week I saw yeah. that post and what have we got 70 women now is yeah. it what well, <laughs> it's over 70 and we are only on the 6th of March so anyone that's listening to these and thinks yes I've got a story reach out let us know join the collaboration because not only are we all coming together to share our message. All these wonderful ladies are collaborating. They're making friends. They're sharing their social networks. They're mm. going to each other's podcasts. So watch the mm-hmm. space and see and we'll be sharing. There are so many wonderful interviews taking place. We're learning from each other. And this is global. I've got people mm-hmm. in Australia. I've got a wonderful, wonderful lady in Germany that you will hear quite soon uh, with a wonderful voice. We've got loads of people from America. Of course, we've got the UK that are sitting front and centre because that's where I'm based. So the bulk of my network is there. But it's growing all the time. And it is, it's just fantastic. It's, each day, I'm thinking, in fact, it's got to stage I'm getting myself a PA because I cannot, <laughs> I cannot cope. And people are actually coming and saying, Paul, yes, let me help you because otherwise it's just growing. And then, this is what I mean. When 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 empowered women come together, things happen. Growth happens. I, I've you know it's just been a few days that I've been involved with the project, but um, I I've really benefited from it. I've met some absolutely amazing women who are going to come on my Wednesday Wellbeing Show as a guest, which is on the Awaken Podcasts platform. Do check out that platform; it's amazing. And uh, yeah, I've got some amazing guests coming on my Wednesday Wellbeing Show. Really wonderful, and I've taken on a virtual assistant. Hey, virtual PA. Is it a PA, personal assistant? Virtual assistant, anyway. So who's going to help me with all the boring stuff that I find really, you know, a bit challenging and takes up a lot of my time. I'm going to hand that over. So, yeah, it's, it's just just in, just in a space of a week, at, you know, working with other women just through social media. I've benefited already. This is how we do it, isn't it? We come together, we collaborate, we raise each other up, we share our information, we provide a service for each other and we support each other to to grow and develop and be successful. And, uh, you know, anyone can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. And, uh, you know, I, I have a few women who I look up to who really inspire me. Um, and, uh, and uh, yeah, and I kind of look at them and go, "How did you get there? What did you do?" And then I say, "Do you know what? That all, so all of they've always got a circle, a sisterhood around them. That seems to be something that works." So you know, I didn't do well in school. Was never particularly academic. Struggled with reading and writing, and and I've managed to create an entire course. <laughs> And it has been because I've had that support. I've got 
I've got a group of friends who are like some are cheerleaders, some actually practically get in and give me time and support and help me. Some send me healing energy. Some people uh, help me physically by what working with my body, massage. I have therapy. I've got super. I have supervision as well. I have a coach. But to be quite honest, they're all pretty much women. <laughs> I don't choose. I don't. I don't. You know, it's not my choice that way. I don't deliberately just choose women. It's just that that obviously they resonate with me um but I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for other empowered women raising me up so let's support each other and and raise each other up celebrate each other's achievements absolutely definitely and to anyone that listens to these podcasts I always add ways that you can connect with my guests in the description now the way the podcast series is growing I'm interviewing two three four people a day throughout March so you might find that the podcast will go up straight away so you can listen to them I am going to be coming back and adding all the details so please listen but come back and look for those details because it there's so many fantastic ladies and I know Amanda and I work together in quite a lot of things and she is fantastic the following she has and just listening to her story today you you inspire me every time I hear you speak, what you've achieved and what you give back to everyone else. Just just the sound of your voice is so bubbly. You, you the, the joy, the, the fact that you are Amanda Joy. The joy <laughs> that you share, yeah, my mum well. <laughs> you are inspirational. You are a powerhouse. You're so dynamic in what you do. And I would say to absolutely everyone listening, reach out, follow Amanda, see what she does. Try some of the different um, services she offers because they work. They work Mm. quickly, fantastically and everything. I mean, like the Awaken podcast thing. I've, I've been with Amanda with that from the day you first put it together when we brainstormed and it is fantastic. Look for that www.awakenpodcast.com and just have a look and see what everyone is sharing because it's absolutely wonderful yeah it's an exciting project isn't it i love i love the awaken podcast there's everything on there nutrition fitness spirituality well-being there's a little something for everyone um it's a great resource of well-being information and and a wonderful platform to be able to raise raise up your vibration increase your health uh have more positivity um and it's really good fun (laughs) i really enjoy doing it it's really good fun um and it's kind of my hobby when i'm not doing uh Northern College, Northern College of Clinical Hypnotherapy stuff. It's just, it's really good fun. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I did the belly dance. I'm doing belly dancing today from it. There's a belly dance class on there. I've been, been dying to have a look at. So I'm going to have a look at that today and do a little bit of belly dancing. <laughs> Fair belly dancing. I love a bit of dancing. <laughs> uh, I'm going to draw this interview to a close. I know it's not quite on the hour, but I've got back-to-back interviews and everything. So I will I will say you listen to every um listener, we are gonna have Amanda back. Like I said, I'm I'm gonna do a whole series on Amanda Joy Harrison because <laughs> there's so much that you can share. 
So Aww. it leaves me to say a massive, massive thank you, Amanda. I am so grateful you came into my life. It has completely changed. You make me smile every day. We laugh together and you inspire me in absolutely everything you do. Oh, thank you so much. And I can honestly just say exactly the same right back at you. This <laughs> um, <clears throat> is great, great to be able to celebrate each other's achievements, isn't it? And uh, boy, you are an achiever. And look <laughs> at what you've brought together for Women's International Day. It's just testament to 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 your to how inspiring you are and to the, the way that you hold people and, and bring them together. So thank you, Pearl, for having us on your show. <laughs> I'll be back. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you for listening to the Pearls of Wisdom podcast. We hope you have enjoyed the content shared. Please share with others who would like to enjoy these interviews and discussions. If you would like to support the podcast, please follow the link in the episode description. If you want to be a guest on the show, reach out and let's discuss next steps. Until the next time, enjoy your listening.